Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri alongside Evan Thorpe and making his triumphant return back to the podcast after moonlighting on Mina Kimes' podcast, Stephen Ruiz. Yeah, I was slumming it. Now I'm back to the big leagues. <laughs> I was just going to say, thank you for gracing us with your presence. We appreciate having you back. Um, we have a lot to get into this week. We are going to first talk about the NBA China situation. There is a lot to get into there. And then we also have our beef of the week, which Stephen will fill us in on. And then we have our worst fan of the week, which we're saving for the very end. Okay, so let's talk about NBA China. I will run through a very quick uh, timeline of what happened because it gets it tends to get very confusing thank god because i did not want to have to like recap what was happening (laughs) i don't i mean i don't know how good i'm going to be at this but let's let's try it anyway so late last week the houston rockets general manager daryl morey sent out a tweet that seems pretty innocuous considering the amount of political rhetoric that there is on twitter right he wrote Fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. So if you're not aware, there have been protests in Hong Kong, which is a um, territory of China. And the protests in Hong Kong are stem from extra extrajudicial uh, extraditing people who have been convicted of crimes in Hong Kong and extraditing them to China. So the protests initially started because citizens of Hong Kong uh, did not feel that was allowed under the agreement with uh, which they separated from uh, mainland England. And if you're not aware of Hong Kong's history, it used to belong to England. And then there was an official handover in the late 90s and it reverted back to China. So the people of Hong Kong have kind of grown up. uh, Their history has been mostly democratic, right? Like they have elected their leaders before. And now with the transfer back to China, there have been a lot more political tensions, a lot more about, uh, you know, who gets to rule Hong Kong. And one of the reasons that they have kind of been left alone is because they are a huge uh, world economy, like so much business gets done in Hong Kong. So that is a very rough understanding of the situation in Hong Kong. There is a lot more uh, literature out there, if you're interested, that you should Google and read up on. But the Houston Rockets GM has been seeing these protests on social media. And uh, because, you know, protest is a very American thing. It's a thing that Americans take very seriously. It's in the Constitution. It's a right that we have. So he tweeted, stand with Hong Kong. Um, And that has caused an international fallout. Like, we're already banned in China for just talking about this. Hemel's recap got us banned in China. (laughs) Basically. So what happened after that, though, is that everybody in China freaked out. And China and the NBA have a huge relationship. So everybody in China freaks out. Um, I have to say that I think they overreacted to one single tweet, right? Um, And the Chinese government, the state-run Chinese media, is saying that people in China are are really offended because the Houston Rockets are so popular there um, and that it is offensive to them to support the protests in Hong Kong. And that has led to a trickle-down with the NBA then trying to backtrack on Maury's statement and then reverting on that backtracking by Adam Silver making 
a lot of very convoluted explanations as to, yes, we support uh, political protests. We support the freedom to say and think what you feel, but we also value our relationship with China. So it is just it's a mess and it's very complicated. It's a mess, but I think we're seeing the NBA kind of exposed. Mm-hmm. Like before, it was, the NFL was this this league that only cared about its business interest. And the NBA was supposed to be this woke league that like mm-hmm. empowered players to speak out. But now that their money is getting, you know, affected, it turns out they're just they're all their teams are owned by old white billionaires too. <laughs> like old white billionaires are all the same. Just because one guy bought the Nets and the other guy bought the Jets, there's no difference. Right. I will say though, like Adam Silver, I think it was yesterday he kept saying like, I believe in freedom of speech and like I'm supporting Daryl Morey. So I'm, like, happy that he's somewhat supporting, you know, his people, but they're losing a lot of money because of this. So, like, I, I don't know if he gets fined or something, but you think something happens to Daryl Moore because of this? No, I think so. Initially, after the tweet was sent, there was also a report that the Houston Rockets thought about firing Maury, mm. that he might lose his job over, over the tweet. And that was upsetting to a lot of people, too, because... Uh, Again, political protest is is a fundamental American right, you know, and if we're not allowed to stand up for that, that really is kind of shakes some of the bedrock principles that democracy is founded on. Um, so I so I definitely don't think that minimizing what's happening in Hong Kong would be beneficial. So that's part of the reason people were upset is because they thought the NBA was was really being hypocritical. But then Adam Silver's more thoughtful and nuanced statement did make it clear, like, yes, people are supposed can say what they want to say. But it also made it clear that they stand to lose a ton of money in China. And I mean, a lot of money. There's no real figure as to how much money the NBA makes off of China, but it's somewhere near four billion dollars. Yeah, I read somewhere like, you know, even individual players are going to lose out on money because you have certain guys yes. signed to the uh, Anta brand, mm-hmm. which is based in China, and they're already talking about like not having negotiations with new players or uh, current current contracts. Like Once they're up, if this doesn't get settled, then they just have to find a new team, like a new shoe company. I was going to say that there was an exhibition game in Japan, and James Harden, when he was in Japan, uh, Japan apologized, said, we're sorry for offending them. Whether or not he understands what's happening in Hong Kong and kind of the historical nature of the protest remains to be seen. But that was also disappointing because these are players that have very been very outspoken of, of Kaepernick and their right to protest during games. Um, so for them to not support what's happening in Hong Kong, I think just shows... Uh, just shows that they don't understand it. Right. And you can't blame them for for not understanding it. Right. But you have to wonder, like, where do you draw the line? I know the NBA is, like, going to lose a lot of money, but Mm -hmm. where is that money coming from? Like, that's, like, money maybe they shouldn't be making anyway, like, with how this country's run. I mean, but every player just about goes to China for their own tour. So, like, if you're going to say the NBA shouldn't be going over there, like, Everybody in the NBA should not go to China. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they shouldn't be worried about losing that money. Or maybe they should be more willing to lose that money rather than losing it from like, like when the NFL started losing sponsorships for because players were getting arrested for domestic abuse and they weren't suspending them like right away. That's different. That's like, yeah, we should be worried about losing this money. But losing, a, I mean, it's. 
Well, let me let me interrupt you for a second, though, because I want to go back to the point that you brought up about how far can the NBA actually progress? I think the reality of the situation is a lot of companies do business with China, right? Our, we're all we're recording this on Mac laptops right now. And uh, the batteries that come from these laptops, not only is everything produced in China, but it's mined in China. So there's no way to internationally extricate ourselves from business relationships with China. Everybody understands that. But what's at issue here is the league not being forceful enough in defending somebody's right to freedom of speech. That, to me, is like the undercurrent here. Um, And to your point about maybe we shouldn't be taking this money, it's not just about what China is doing in Hong Kong, but their history of human rights violations, right? Like they currently have the uh, their Muslim minority population in basically internment camps. They call them reeducation camps, but there's like millions of them. So there's real human atrocities being committed by this country. And like you said, you have to wonder when is it okay to draw that line? So yes, everybody is up in arms about this Hong Kong thing, but they've all remained very quiet about the uh, the Muslim minority population. And the NBA doesn't have to be in China. This is like, this is like kind of greed on on like all the leagues do it. They they want to grow their empire. They want to like expand. You don't. But the NBA could survive by just being an American company. So I mean, the, they could, but do you? But it's so insane. Like they're world popular, right? Right. I know. It, I mean, there's. It's insane. Everybody wants the kind of popularity that the NBA has. And the NBA is just trying to like branch out to even more countries. So if you lose China, that's what second or third biggest market outside the U.S. Yeah, it's the biggest it's the market. Biggest market. Biggest market. It's I'm the biggest about market. Basketball. It's the biggest uh, market in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So my question for you guys: Do you think the NBA? is saying the right things right now. I don't. I think they should just come out and say I know I know it's not realistic. I think they should just come out and support Maury like unconditionally. I don't think what he said wasn't controversial. No, it shouldn't, to, no, to shouldn't me it was considered wasn't. either. It'd be like saying like, yeah, if you like in response to the Kaepernick stuff, like, yeah, he has a point. Like cops shouldn't be killing black people and getting away with it. Right. No one's gonna be like, come under fire for that. Right. They're not going to do. I mean, Adam Silver came out and said something that supported him, but they're trying to work this relationship out as 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 smoothly as fast as possible because at the end of the day, it's all about money. But Silver coming out and saying like kind of supporting Maury was kind of like Roger Goodell, like yeah, our players have the right to like say like say things that they believe, while at the same time blacklisting Colin Kaepernick. But he backtracked though. He did backtrack because at first he didn't come out at all. in support of him. I, I agree with Evan. I think that he did backtrack a little bit. His his second statement was a little bit more forceful, right? It was a little mm-hmm. bit more forceful. Um, I, it's To me, the NBA, I think, is handling it the best way that they can because their initial reaction was was bad. It was, like, super defensive, especially from the Rockets, right? Because the Rockets are just like, crap, we're going to be hemorrhaging money because of one tweet. Um I wish that they had responded as gracefully as they have in the past with these kinds of situations, right? They've just been unequivocal in their support of uh, civil liberties and stuff like that, and that's not the case here. So I don't think they did the right thing. I feel like they're trying to get on the path to the right thing. There is one big difference, though, between like 
coming out and supporting those protests and what's going on now. And it's money. Yeah. It's the same as the NFL. Like the pe- people criticize the NFL, but the NBA is the same. It's yes. the same. They're all the same. They're all the same. No, you're right. You guys are right. They're all the same. The NBA has just been able to skate by for a lot longer. Um, but when the bottom line is seriously affected, everyone's going to go with the money. Oh, the last thing I want to bring up that I think is still going on is that two fans were kicked out of a game in Philadelphia for holding up uh, free Hong Kong signs. That's it's, messed up. It's just them trying to, like, repair their image with China. And it's like, hey, look, look, look what we did with these fans. Yeah. Like, we're clearly supporting you guys. Those fans were plants. <laughs> <laughs> Call them I, now. I will say that I'm... Man, China just needs to let it go, right? Like, if they had just let it go, it would not have been a huge issue at all. Like, So, actually, the other question I had for you guys, I know we're running long on this segment, but I don't care. Um, I think it would have been a lot different if it had been a player that had been like, I support Hong Kong. I think the NBA would not have been as quick to admonish a player. I agree. Because... GMs are, like, replaceable. If yes. it was a star player. If it was a star player. Like if Harden was to say it. Exactly. Like if Harden was to say it or LeBron or whoever, they would not have said anything. Right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to before we get to our beef of the week. I just want to take a minute and remind everybody that we have something on USA Today called the NFL 100. For the best on-field performances to the draft's biggest bus. We're picking the top 100 players, moments, and teams since 1919. See if your favorites stack up to ours at usatoday.com forward slash NFL 100. All right. Who wants to hit beef of the week? Uh, I can do it. Steven. So the Browns and 49ers played on Monday night, and the 49ers blew out the Browns. And then after the game, Mike Silver of NFL.com, he wrote this feature on how the 49ers players were motivated because Baker Mayfield didn't shake hands <laughs> at the uh, the coin toss. It was Richard Sherman saying that. Okay. Richard Sherman said he didn't shake our hands. That's some college, college BS. Like, you, you're supposed to respect your opponent in the NFL. If you don't, you're going to be out of the NFL. Then everyone jumped on Baker Mayfield right when those quotes came out. Because they could buy because Baker Mayfield has been the type of guy to start beef like this. Right. So Baker does not get the benefit of the doubt here. No. Which I appreciate because he's a white guy and white guys usually get benefit of the doubt. And he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, exactly. But video came out that showed that there was a handshake. It was kind of cold, but it seemed like that coldness was coming from Richard Sherman and not (laughs) Baker Mayfield. So when I first saw the, like, the the shaky Instagram video and I was like, oh, Sherman just made him give him a hug when he went in for the dap. But then you see like Sherman just like stick his hand out, shake him, and then go on to the next person. But then new footage came out like from after the coin toss where they some of the players shook hands again, and that's when Baker Mayfield like kind of took off. Yeah, he jetted. But his teammate also took off like next to him, the one next to him. The other guys like dapped up the 49ers players, and then you could see Richard Sherman like waving Baker Mayfield off. So maybe that's where he's getting the i don't know he's getting his this right. beef that's materialized in his head from but i'm just gonna say i'm team sherman i don't care if he lied i think he should just stick to the bit i tweeted that out he should just continue on this bit saying no he did not shake my hand i don't care what that video they can do anything with video these days take and just keep going because yeah it's a deep fake i was gonna say how do we know this video is real i'm team never baker <laughs> What do you think? I see. 
I like Sherm. So when he came out and said this, and the way he said it, I was like, oh, yeah, I believe him. And then even though I saw him shake hands with him, I was like, that ain't a real hand. That ain't a real uh, dap up. That ain't how we embrace each other. So I'm still with Sherm, even though clearly they shook hands and Sherman came out and apologized early today. So what was his apology? What was his apology? He was like, I blew it out of proportion. My bad, bro. Something like that. Something like that. He said he was still like, I think Baker was still kind of disrespectful to Sherman. But he said, like, obviously this got blown out of proportion because of me. But. I wouldn't apologize. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Like you just want to lean into your wrongness. Yeah. I, oh, I keep going. See, that's the difference. I would have been like, but did you see the endo? He ran away. <laughs> he did that at one point. On he did say like, this is what I was referring to. Yeah. What happened there? Which I mean, he has a point. The other guys like stayed and shook hands. He and Baker Mayfield just like ran away coldly. My favorite part of this was that like the China NBA stuff was happening. The yeah. president's being impeached. <laughs> I saw something on uh, someone tweeted out like that Navy confirmed video of like UFOs, <laughs> and I was like, and I'm here like watching this video for the 14th time to see if that handshake was for real. So the first time the video came out, like I was like, yo, I gotta see, like I'm detective mode. I'm looking at the jumbotron video on the phone on the screen grabbing. I'm like, at this point, I've just watched this man shake hand with like three other people. And I'm just basically reviewing how people give that before can, games. Can we just appreciate the fact that if this happened in, like, 1992, like, Baker would still be hearing about how he didn't shake hands with – there would be no evidence. There would be no, no evidence. evidence. He would just have to live with it. There would be, like, a like a movie – like, a Netflix documentary about how he was innocent. Like, Handgate. <laughs> to he make a shake his hand? No, there would be an ESPN 30 for 30. There would be a 30 for 30 and, like, a making a murderer special. Yeah, but it is really funny. This handshake has been, like – the film of the handshake is just analyzed like a Zapruder film. Like, there's been way too much attention paid to it, considering the scope of everything else happening. And then I'm name dropping her. Mina Kimes tweeted out, this was a good tweet. Oh, you know my best friend, Mina Kimes? <laughs> she said, the f- this is the first week ever that Roger Goodell doesn't want to trade jobs with Adam Silver. <laughs> yes. And that's a great point. Like, this is what... Roger Goodell needed. He needed a controversy that was like silly like this. Like the Antonio Brown was that until it wasn't that. Exactly. Then it was the opposite of silly. <laughs> I was actually just going to say that, you know, the other leagues are totally loving this because finally they can skate under the radar and it's the NBA taking the heat for once. <laughs> like Josh Hader. Who's the guy from the Maple Leafs? Austin. Austin it? Matthews. Him and yeah. like uh, Antonio Brown they're, and Roger Goodell. They're all, they're all laughing. They're like. Like, our thing does not matter. Like, no one in the world knows any of our names. <laughs> no, true. Comparatively to what's happening, I feel like this one man's tweet is going to topple an empire, potentially. Um, I hope so. If uh, God, I hope so. All right, let's move on to our worst fan of the week. This guy's a real jerk. So, worst fan of the week is Dave... Dave. What is his last name? Dave Peterson. Peter, Dave Peterson, Penn State alumni. And basically he sent a message to John. – I'm trying to figure out what position Jonathan Sutherland plays. I cannot find that. But basically uh, him and his wife are proud graduates, older graduates of Penn State. And he basically told our good friend Jonathan that he didn't like his dreads. He wasn't clean cut. He wanted him to be professional looking – which I don't really understand what that means. He says your hair, your hair is well awful, which is disrespectful. 
There's so many. I, I don't even know where to start with this letter. And he yeah. has dreadlocks, so clearly you can see them coming out of his helmet. Um, he was saying that he represents Penn State and... Uh, that there's a proud tradition of Penn State football, ignoring that the only thing Penn State football is known for these days is child molestation. Exactly. And he said we would uh, we would welcome the reappearance of dress code for athletes. We, like At Penn State, we treat our dreadlocks like we treat our child molestation. We hide it. <laughs> <laughs> As an African-American, I've heard this before, and it just goes to show that like if you don't look like them, they won't accept you. And the fact that this kid is already playing for free, mm-hmm. I don't care if he's getting a scholarship, he's out there risking long-term injuries to his body, to his mental health. And people like Dave just feel like, you know what? I need to let this kid know I don't like your appearance and I'm going to let you know. Like, this is how I feel. It's unnecessary. Like, bro, if you mad, just be mad in your, the comfort of your own home. You don't have to tell Jonathan that you don't like his dreads. You don't know what those dreads mean to him. He typed up the letter and printed it out and then signed it. It is signed it. It's too much effort for racism. We are Penn State. Proud. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. So this letter has been kind of spread around the internet. I'm sure people are familiar with it. But I remember when I first saw it and it was kind of dumped into our, our group Slack. Uh, one, it's it's just like heavily coded racism, right? Like it's not subtle. It's that... Uh, clean cut equals one thing that a, a, a different appearance is wrong or bad, right? Like that's like a bedrock of racism. Um, this guy also was interviewed on the local news or by a local newspaper or something. And he just leaned into it. He just was like, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, kids looking clean cut and being respectful, right? It's the argument that people use all the time when anything is different. Like I'm not racist. I just like people who are white. I mean, like <laughs> people that look like me and I'm white. Yeah. I know growing up I had braids mm-hmm. and like once I got to ninth grade, I was like, all right, I got to cut these because people like, as I get older, I'm bigger. I'm not a kid anymore. So I was mm-hmm. like, I got to cut these so people won't be afraid of me. And I was just like, if I want to get to college, it's likely they won't take me serious. It's like invisible privilege when you don't have to think about these things, right? Like if you're a woman, you have to kind of understand I need to dress a certain way mm-hmm. or I need to project a certain image because otherwise people will not take me seriously. If you are a black man, you have to think about I have to do this to my hair so that I do not appear as threatening. I mean, I came to work like the first week in a three-piece suit because yes. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm to show, I'm gonna show them that I'm here. Like, I'm not a joke. I'm not gonna show up underdressed. And I was like, hopefully by the time they get comfortable with me, then I can kind of like tone down. But I came overdressed because I was like, I gotta impress everybody. Yeah, I, I think that's a real thing. And also, what you mentioned earlier is that somebody feels like they have the authority. To say this is shocking, that they have the right to tell somebody else how they should look or act or behave because they know what's best. Is it shocking, though? Like, I, when I saw the outrage on social media, like, the people were shocked and appalled by it. Like, this is just, I felt like this was nothing. Like, I just ex- expected this yeah, is this, how college football fans feel about the players. I mean, this is, Gosh, this I is how was... I love not treat certain players is like, well, I'm giving my money and I donate, so I should at least have some say in something that's going on with you. I I, I guess I was naive because I was shocked. Really? Yeah, I, I really was. I, I literally was like, I cannot believe somebody would do this, but that just goes to show, you know, how insular my world is. Nazis are like a thing again. Like, <laughs> this is, should not be shocking. 
I was going to say this guy's definitely a, a letter writer. Like this yeah. was not his first rodeo. <laughs> How many times do you think he's left reviews for bad service at restaurants? Oh, my God. He's Mr. May I Speak to Your Manager. I just went to Chili's, and I just wanted you guys to know that you know, I had a terrible experience. You know what he is? He is an old person with too much time on his hands. We should, like, write fan fiction about this guy's life. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, this guy sucks. Um, so, yeah, big week in sports. In our last segment, not sports, but whatever. Tell me what you thought about the Joker. I loved it. Did you? I loved it. Oh, my God. I, I would say this. You get a one-episode ban. Oh, my God. You're a hater. <laughs> I say this. It, it's, at times, like, very disturbing because of, like, what he's going through. Mm -hmm. But, like, people kind of over-exaggerated with the killing stuff. I, mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to spoil how many people he killed. Like, it was more disturbing to me, like, the stuff he was going through. Mm -hmm. But... I left the movie saying that this was a better Joker than Heath Ledger. And the only reason I'm saying it is mm -hmm. because Heath was, like, sprinkled into a Batman movie. Right, this is right. a full Joker movie. Yeah. And the fact that, like, we never had, like, a true origin story of Joker that, like, started with, mm -hmm. like, his childhood. Like, mm -hmm. I left the movie and was like, I'm actually afraid of this Joker. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I want more. Did I, you? Sorry. Uh, did you I like the movie. I like the movie, too. I thought there was going to be too much, like, angry white man yes, stuff. Yeah. And there wasn't, except for the one scene where the Joker, like, writes a letter to a university about how the football <laughs> player looks has too many tattoos and, and too many... I, I actually haven't seen the movie at all. <laughs> Damn, you had me. I was, I was, I was, I was so... like, I was like, I know he ain't watching, but I just want to see how he plays this out because I'm going to agree with it no matter what. Because I was like... Steven didn't watch it. He told me he might watch it Friday. And some similar happened, but I was like, you know what? Just let it ride, baby. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I'm so glad that the three of us are back together. What was your question, though? Oh, my last question was if you thought it was, like, too empathetic to, to bad guys. I Well, see, I'm a big Batman fan, and I like the Joker. So I let it slide. I mean, if this was, like... Not based off a superhero movie, I'd be like, come on now. Why we got to have a right. white guy kill people and we got to feel bad for him? But the way it played out, it wasn't so much he was just killing people for the fun mm -hmm. of it. And it's like until he goes through certain things and then he has, like the ending of it, you look at it, you'd be like, wow, I kind of see why he did it. Oh, my God. All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up for tonight. To 10 out of 10. <laughs> I, I ordered a Joker shirt. I was going to wear it today God. just to piss you off. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll see it this weekend and, and we'll do reviews three weeks from now. All right, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. Better than Avengers. Bye.